30th, 2016. My name is Kellen Conley and this is Hyphen Nation. How y'all doing on this wonderful Saturday night? It's been raining all day in Morgantown, but I saw a rainbow today and everything's feeling fine. Absolutely fine. And I am here with the long-awaited, most anticipated podcast that I've been talking about for at least four or five podcasts. I have with me my first live guest on the show. I've had my friend Eric on the show a few times. Boston Eric. E-R-R-I-C-K. And now I have my good, 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 good friend. One of my best friends. Loved ones. Eric Jordan here with me today. And before I let him speak, let me tell you about Eric Jordan. Eric Jordan is a genius. Eric Jordan is one of the most visionary people I know. He also is one of the most passionate people I know and because of those things our friendship has gone on for almost 11 years now and it's still going strong and I'm going I'm getting all teared up but but something really big happened last month and once it happened there was nobody else I wanted to have on the show to talk about this thing with other than Eric Jordan so without further ado I give you Monster Lung himself, Eric Jordan, head of Sound Vision, and you've heard me talk about Sound Vision on the show. And then, on top of all that, my best friend and our newest guest as Cutie walks in the room. Hi, Cutie. Eric Jordan. <laughs> What's up, Kelly? <laughs> What's up, man? Man, I don't know about all the genius and stuff, man. But... I don't give yourself enough credit. You don't give yourself enough credit. So, my first question is who is Eric Jordan for those who haven't heard me rave about him on the podcast in the previous 18 episodes on me yeah you um sure Eric Jordan um he's an art artist creative guy um, creative god that's what he said a creative no, god I said creative guy oh guy G-U-Y okay <laughs> and uh I love um I love music I love um, all the aspects of performance. I love developing um, young talent. Uh, no, I love developing talent, period. I'm not going to put an age on that. Um, he loves old talent, too. Yeah. And <laughs> I love, um, I do love developing youth and leadership qualities and artistic qualities. But I just love the whole thing about self-expression and and creating um, creating art. Okay. I also love my family. I'm very, very um, big on family. Um, it's it's a, a parameter and code that I live by. You know, I love my wife. I love my son. I love all my brothers and sisters. And my parents very influence, very um, influential on me. Uh, both performers, both artists. I come from a family of artists. Aunts, uncles. It's just in my blood. Get it early. Get it early. <laughs> okay. 
Well, you're here for one reason and one reason only. And that's because the Cleveland Cavaliers, the Cleveland Cavaliers on Father's Day last month in June, the Cleveland Cavaliers came back from a 3-1 deficit on those Golden State Warriors who stole my Chicago Bulls' 1996 NBA Best League record with 73 wins, 9 losses. Those same Golden State Warriors who came back on the Thunder to make it. They, they came back from 3-1 in the Western Conference Finals to make it to the NBA Finals to face Cleveland. And then they were all up in that ass, for lack of a better word, on the Cavs. And then the Cavs went home for Game 5. Everything changed. And first of all, congratulations. Because I know you've waited a long, long time for a Cleveland championship. Oh, my God. <laughs> can, can you, can you kind of give me a little bit of that of that feeling? Because every time I think about it, I get super happy. Dude. And I'm a Bulls fan. Dude, I know you're trying to convert me, but I'm a Bulls fan still. <laughs> Come on over, man. <laughs> Come you're on welcome. over. I ain't going to judge you. But, um, dude, it's so deep. It's so deep. It's deeper than sports, you know. Right. I mean, if you've been a Cleveland Browns and Cleveland Cavaliers fan, loyal like like I have, you know. And I can't, I'm not going to say as loyal as, I wasn't loyal as the Cavs. I didn't get with the Cavs until LeBron was drafted. Okay. And then I was with them since LeBron was drafted. Okay, well, there but, goes some of my questions. Cool. But, but um, <laughs> I've been a Browns fan all my life. Right. And um, Born into it. Yeah. Okay. And I, my dude, it's, it's, it's a rough road. It's a rough road. You have all kind of self-doubt and self-question. You know, is, is there really a curse? And if you take on the whole aspect of there's a curse, it kind of bleeds into your personal life. It can't just be the aspect of sports. It's the city. So yeah. there's a whole, like, self-esteem thing going on there. Right. You know, it's subconscious. You know, you don't give it no doubt. But, you know, it's, you know, it's, it's like little what-ifs. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And uh makes you question a lot of different stuff. You know, you... Butt of all jokes all the time for life, man. <laughs> I mean, that's like that's been like forty years. You know, I've been hearing jokes. You know what I'm saying? And, right. And and you know, you know, I'm a sports guy. I'm a big sports guy. You know, so I get into I love conversation with sports other sports guys. And you know, as soon as you get to your team, it's like they want to defunct all your stats, all your all your theories. Nothing is, you know, what I'm saying it's just be, and but you know, I always got a great comeback for that. What's your comeback? I'm like, dude, there's not a bigger, there's not a bigger sports fan, a Cleveland Browns fan, Cleveland early Cleveland Cavs fan, is the definition of true fanhood. I kind of agree with it. I didn't believe it until I met you and Anthony. Yeah. Um, I, I did not believe it, but cause it's gotten to the point where whenever I'm with either one of you, I'm cheering for the damn Browns on Sunday. No, that's I'm a Raiders fan. And here I am wanting the Browns to do good because I'm sitting next to one of you guys. And even when I'm not with you guys. You're Raiders, but it's going to pay off, though. Y'all about to be nice. Y'all about to be really nice. Lord, I hope so. It's time. And it's scary nice. Like, like young, long-time nice. God, I hope so. We need it. We need it so bad. But we're not here to talk about the Raiders. I know. So, so you've been a Cleveland fan since birth. You were born into it. What was your earliest Cleveland memory? Cleveland sports memory I'm, of the Browns. I'm thinking about because you were born in you were born in Cleveland. 
Yeah, I was born in Cleveland. You were born in Cleveland. I was okay. born in Cleveland. Because I always get that confused. Yeah, I left Cleveland around the age of nine. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's why I moved to West Virginia. Okay. Yeah, yeah. When I was nine, of course, not when you moved to Cleveland. <laughs> and uh, my early sports, oh, man. I mean, the world be free. World be free. Um, Lloyd. Yeah. I remember the I remember I remember the Pruitt brothers. I remember Viner. Mm-hmm. Sure. Definitely Coles. My favorite, no, my favorite, because this was my first like guy, like this is my guy I followed in any sport. Mm-hmm. Brian Sight. Brian Sight. Brian Sight. Okay. That was my dude. I love Brian Sight. And kind of like What was it that that made you bomb with him? He was it just seemed like he did things right. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like you could tell that he took um his role seriously, you know, being a leader. Right. And uh, it just seemed like we were a team then, you know what I'm saying? And I, I just, I could identify, I identified with that. Okay. Um, definitely Ozzy Newsom. Ozzy. Reggie Rucker. Um, yeah, but yeah. Yeah, but the Pruitt, bo- them Pruitt brothers, Mike and Greg, and Fine, Ernest Biner. Mm-hmm. Um, shoot. Clay. <laughs> you lot, know what, lot you know, of memories. You know what's crazy? What comes up in my mind a lot when you think about that? Because for some reason, mm-hmm. I just it's like I'm I'm seeing those I'm seeing those players in my head, but at the same time, I'm seeing these Steeler players because it's like I was I mean as much as I was a Cleveland Brown fan, I was incredibly a Lynn Swan fan, right. and it was like I don't know. I think I didn't even know back then how close Cleveland and Pittsburgh were. In distance, I didn't know that. Yeah, you were I was a kid. Too young. Yeah, but for, I think somehow, because I it's, it's like you follow both teams. I follow both teams. You know, you know, especially those cowboy Steeler Cowboy years mm-hmm. and um, great rivalry. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, I, I'm you know, but maybe because they was like it might have been because you know they were being promoted a lot. They were you know America's team, the America's team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, those were my early memories. Okay. So you said you didn't really get on board the Cavs till LeBron got there, but I'm not ready to get to LeBron yet. So one of the things we instantly bonded over when we did when we met and got to know each other was we're both huge NBA fans. Mm. So you mentioned World Be Free earlier, but um, since you weren't a Cavs guy um, until 2004, 2003, essentially, um, what who did you pay attention to in the league? Were you just a fan of? All the great players, and you were just just loved the sport, loved the association. There was a there was a there was a few years before I became a Cavs fan. I was like that. I didn't have a team. Mm-hmm. I was just a fan of like different players in the league. But before that, all the way up, um, when I started my first team, before that was the Sixers. The Sixers. Yeah. Doc. 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 Andrew and Andrew Tony. Andrew Tony. Okay, so you like the early eighties? Yeah, I love Andrew. So Tony. after they lost the, in the finals in the late seventies. But before Barkley got there, yeah, essentially, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, I really wasn't with them on Barkley, a little bit, but yeah, I started. That's why I started transitioning to transitioning to like I didn't really have a team. I like I like players, yeah. But then, I, but I was a Sixer fan for a long time. So, so you were a Sixer fan for a long time. What made you decide? All right, I ain't mess with these dudes no more. I, I just care more about um, the players. Was it more about the time that you had to spend being a fan versus? Um, Versus being disillusioned with the Sixers, or, or what was it that just made you that way? I don't know. I think I, honestly, when I think about it, I think it's just because I started noticing that I really became 
fan of other players. Like that was growing more than me following the Sixers. Right. And then, the, then I'm, I'm just, I'm not a, a part-time fan like that. I'm, yeah, Magic I'm, if I ride Bird. with you, I'm riding with you. Yeah. And it seemed like I was kind of falling out of love. So I okay. kind of made a divorce. Okay. And went like that. Because, you know, I'm, I'm the kind of fan that I want to be able to, I'm all in. Mm-hmm. The minute I noticed I wasn't all in, I don't know what they did that made, made me do that. You know what I'm saying? But, um, yeah, I, I kind of like just went that way. But I, I just remember that I was like, man, I'm really following these other teams and stuff now yeah. because they just have my interest. So, because you had a great era for that, because I mean, you were a Sixers fan in the early '80s. Of course, Bird and Magic came in in '80, right? And then Jordan was in the league by '85, right? Um, Isaiah came in around that time too, right? Um, Drexler was so there was a lot of talent right. around the, in the '80s. So I could see where. You didn't if you didn't immediately gravitate to a, the Lakers or the Celtics, I could see where you would be like, I'm just a fan of the league. Right, right. So okay, right. That, that that makes perfect sense then. Well, um, now I'm gonna make the show about myself a little bit. Okay. Cause as a Bulls fan, and and let me let me say, I've said this on the show before, where I've sat here and tried to explain to people why I'm a Bulls fan, and then I'm I'm only a little raw about it because you were trying to get me to come over to the Cavs after they won. And I, I said, I can't be that bandwagon dude. And you're like, the Bulls are the most bandwagon team ever. And I was like, yeah, but I was also uh, eight. <laughs> so I was a kid and I like Michael Jordan. And so I was a Bulls fan. So yes, I did bandwagon at one time, but I rode with them through the no Jordan years, the year and a half. I rode with them after they broke up the team and I was mad out with them. And I kind of had a little affair with AI and the Sixers. Mm. There, we got that in common. Um, came back probably right before the Ben Gordon era. I think it was a Jason when Jason Williams got drafted. Man, I um, completely forgot about Ben Gordon. Wow. I know, right? He used to give us some great games, man. He did. Wow. He did. And then they got Rose, and they're like, well, we can't pay them both. And we all saw how that worked out. But we're not going to talk about that. Okay. <laughs> but <laughs> my earliest um, memories of the Cavs, of course, was the shot on Elo from Jordan. Yeah. Um, My first real season following the Bulls and like being fully aware and like, Knowing what was going on it was a 92-93 season. Um, and that was the last year the Bulls repeated or three got their three peat, the first repeat. And of course, in the playoffs that year, they played the Cavs, they swept them, and then Jordan hit the shot two over uh Gerald Wilkins. So that was a, a Cavs memory. The first time I but the thing I hate about the Cavs, they were always they were so damn good, like in the late 80s and early 90s. Cause they had Mark Price, they had Brad Daughtery, they had Hot Rod, rest in peace. Larry Nance, um, and then they had Elo, well, they, and they brought in good players. They they had good players, but good play, not great players. These are good players. They always gave the Bulls fits, though. Is why I hated them, though. I mean, the Bulls always prevailed, but at the time when you're living in these series and stuff in '92, and because they pushed them to six games in the Eastern Conference Finals in '92, I was like, man, fuck yeah, I can't believe they keep doing it. <laughs> them and the Knicks, man. That oh, that seven game series with the Knicks in '92, the Bulls scared me to death. That's a classic. Scare me to death. Absolutely. It's a definitely classic now that I'm not living in it. Um, but they had those great teams and then they kind of fell off. I remember Terrell Brandon being in Cleveland and him being a big deal. And I remember the All-Star game being in Cleveland in ninety seven. That was the first year that the teams actually wore their actual team jerseys in the game. And that was also the same year that they did the fifty greatest players. So and that was when I taped everything. So I I would literally watch these all star games from like ninety six, ninety seven, ninety eight. 
over and over again. Just because I didn't have access to TV like that. I had four channels back in the day. Right, right. So I would just tape them and be watching these basketball games. And so I was always like, man, I, I, Cleveland's like right there. And then the Sean Kemp trade happened. Mm. And when the Sean Kemp trade happened, I was like, oh, my God. Cleveland just got one of the best power forwards in the league. Little did we all know that Sean Kemp was going to show up out of shape and fat because he didn't want to be in Cleveland. And then Cleveland became the Ricky Davis show shortly after that, leading into LeBron. So for me, Cleveland was always a rival for the Bulls, um, but I never, um, I don't, I just never thought of them as credible. I always felt, I, well, not credible. I never felt that they were cursed because I didn't really understand the Cleveland curse, honestly, until I met you and Anthony like that. Because it's like one thing, it's it's kind of like the Cubs thing. It's like you the just Cubs, named it. I mean, name one of them. You name, actually named two well, of them. Yeah, the the, just, then you go back to you know with the, with Denver, the Denver stuff. You I didn't know, know about it though. Oh, you didn't know about it. I didn't know about like I mean I knew about it, and I I knew these plays. Because I read about it when I was younger, um, because I was learning about all the Super Bowls and well, how also with the stuff Browns, happened. Also with the Browns, though, it's like the it's the fans are so passionate, and we it's like it's like you you feel like fans that passionate should have been rewarded. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like it's like how are we not winning championships when we ride as hard as we ride for our team? Right. You know, so it's a little bit of that going into it. You know. And, what I actually remember in 95, I watched the Cowboys and the Browns play. And this is, this is of course, right before the move to Baltimore. Oh. <laughs> I'm sorry. Michael Jackson. That's probably the biggest one right there. Yes. That's clearly. probably one of the, oh my God. Do you want to talk about that? No, I don't know if I can, bro. I mean, like. You can talk about a little. Can you see Ray Lewis in the Browns jersey? You know how Awesome that would have been. I mean, just a marketing. You know, we get, you know, Browns is just legendary anyway. Right. That's our team, man. That Super Bowl team is ours. That was ours. Right. All right, move on. Okay. But that's probably, see why we feel like yes, we cursed? absolutely. Do you see why we feel absolutely. like we cursed? I get okay. it, but I wasn't as aware of it as, I've, as I am now until I'd say about I'm pretty six sh- to eight years ago. I didn't really... Man, I'm pretty sure Buffalo feels the same way. Oh, poor Buffalo. Poor Buffalo, man. But the the Browns played the Cowboys in 95. Michael Jackson, the wide receiver, lit the Cowboys up. And it was incredible. It might have even been 94. It might have been 94. Because I don't think, because I know after everything came out in 95, they were kind of like, fuck it, we're moving. And it all went to shit. But 94, Michael Jackson lit the Cowboys up. And I watched this game. I was like, man, the Browns might be good all of a sudden. And look at them coming back up. Because I knew about their success in the late 80s. And it had been a while since they were good. So that was my earliest Cleveland Browns fan or memory that I was able to, to form. Right. So you didn't come in and tell LeBron. So there, there uh, was there anybody on the Cavs that you kind of followed since you didn't have a team for so long that... You'd be like, nope. All right, nope, never. Nope. nope. Nobody. Nope. No Terrell Brandon. Nope. No Tyrone Hill. Nope. No Mark Price. Nope. Fuck Mark Price. Oh, I, <laughs> no, I respect Mark Price. No, I <laughs> To me, I was always, for Mark Price, I thought, you know, for someone like him, I could see someone usually like him being successful in college, mm-hmm. not in the league. But what he, for him to be successful in the league, then you got to give that respect. He had me. a great career. So, yeah. He had I, a great I, career. I thought, you know, he, he surpassed. 
lot of people's expectations. Absolutely. I respect Warren Price big time. But nah, not enough to follow him, no. Okay. When was the first time that you heard of or seen LeBron James? I heard of him first when he was a sophomore in high school. Okay. And then I first saw him when ESPN covered the junior when he was a junior, they had a game on there. Mm. But I was already following, I heard about him. And the minute I, first time I saw him play in high school, it was, it was a rap. Right. I was hooked. I was hooked. I saw, you know, me playing, you know, I mean, this is just, you know, my personal, and I'm pretty sure every person who plays basketball feels like since they played basketball, they can recognize a, a thoroughbred when they see one. Right. Well. I've seen a couple myself. Yeah. <laughs> Back in the day. You know, yeah. My, 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 the only time I, my, my, my personal analytic chart Went this high on the red meter on a player is when I saw Kobe coming out of high school. When I saw highlights of that, and I, and I was like, I called me and my man Vince Ross. I remember that. We talked my brother Gandhi. We always talked about that. You know, Gandhi was, he's a huge Laker fan. And, and me and Vince was, even before the draft started, we were like, yo, this Kobe Bryant out of high school, yo, he going to be like a god. And my brother be like, get out of here. He ain't he ain't this, he ain't that, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, yo, watch. And then, and then I got the same chart read on LeBron. I mean, like, I mean, it was just as soon as I saw him touch the ball, I was like, oh my goodness. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. I was the minute I first saw him, it was the within minutes I knew that this dude was everything he has become. And I knew then. And I was like, I ride with this. Hmm. I didn't ride with him to Miami. I wasn't going to do that. I don't right. do that. And that goes back to what I said earlier about team. I'm like, you know, I ride, you know. Now, but I was also mad at the Cavs organization for so, letting it happen. For letting it happen. Absolutely. So you know, I divorced both of them for a while. I didn't go. Like I said, I wasn't going to Miami. I don't do that. But uh, I divorced him for a minute, and I was like, nah. And then also the Cavs. Okay. All right. So, was the 2003 NBA draft rigged? <laughs> That's not the real question. How excited were you to uh, when the Cavs came up number one pick in that draft? It was like a match made in heaven because you didn't like the Cavs. And all of a sudden, your hometown team is getting this hometown stud. It felt like it felt like I woke up in the morning and I looked in the mirror and I looked like the rock. <laughs> That's what it felt like. <laughs> I, I looked at myself and I looked at I, I was like, you can't tell me nothing. You can't tell la, me nothing, bro. La, la, la. <laughs> That's what it felt like, man. Yeah. I was like, yo, we're kidding him. It's over. Right. And right then I was like, it's over. It's over. We about to get ours. That's exactly how. And I felt. you was all in. I was all in. A familiar and phrase. He did not disappoint. A familiar phrase known <laughs> throughout the land. Yes, it is. All in. All in. Sixteen. And he. I mean, from the gate, man. I mean, just like that, we in the playoffs. Just like that, we in the finals. I made a mistake though. I had a choice at one time. Like it was probably eh, two thousand five or so. I was looking at some of those throwback jerseys they had. I was like, man, I can either get this yellow Carmelo or I can get this, uh, I think it was either, I think it was the yellow Cavs LeBron. And I said, you know what? I'm going to go get this uh, Mellow joint. 
<laughs> so I have a yellow Nuggets throwback Mellow jersey to this day that I will still break out every now and then. And I passed up on the LeBron throwback. Mm. All right, so Here's you mine. you knew, you believed he was the chosen one. You you was Morpheus. Yeah. He, he was Neo. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Never doubt in your mind. Never. Okay. So... <laughs> Morpheus, for sure. <laughs> so, my feeling on LeBron was the same as my feelings with Kobe early in his career, especially as he started winning championships, were misplaced. Because I am naturally a hater. You would be the first person to tell me this. And then you'll follow it up by calling me an asshole. But I am a hater by nature. And if you're not down with on my squad, with my team, I'm going to find something wrong with you. So, I used to do the same thing to Kobe. I did that to Kobe up until he won his second and third ring. Or, I'm sorry, his fourth and fifth ring. And then with LeBron, you know what always bugged me? The 23. Drove me nuts. I was like, you can't come into this league with this caliber of talent. And we're at 23. You can't have your own identity, LeBron. I didn't like you, it either. You didn't like it either? I didn't like it either. It, it wasn't a deal breaker for me, but... I. I yeah, I was like, "Come on, dude." That was a big deal for me. Yeah, I, I, I was like, "But there was, I was like, I was confused on it too." I was like, "I mean, is he idolizing him, or is he saying, dude, I'm gonna be better than you?'" Mm-hmm. So you know, I, I, you know, either way, it, it seemed a little disrespectful. So, so that always bugged me, but over time, obviously, LeBron's one of the greatest players we've ever seen in our lives. Can't deny that fact. I'm going to even be petty and say that I once made a deal with LeBron that he probably doesn't know about. <laughs> I looked at LeBron James the year before he left Cleveland, and I said, all right, LeBron, you got to do a couple things for me here. If you if you change your number, and if you win a title, I will never say bad, anything bad about you again. And then two years later, he had changed his number and won a title somewhere else. Mm-hmm. And see, that's when... See how good he is? Yeah. You see all the little things he conquered. People don't even know that. He just don't win championships. He is bad. He is bad. Um, what was um, I don't want to talk, I don't want to get too much into the recent stuff quite yet. I want to talk about his early career. What was one of the standout performances to you that you saw him in it once he was with the Cavs? That you saw and you were just like one of those times, like you know when Jordan was filling it up in the garden in '98. No, it's probably his last time in the garden. Wore the shoes that didn't fit, and he just bombed on the Knicks all night long. And it's one of those things that sticks in your grill, along with all the title accolades and everything else. What moment for LeBron stands out to you like that when he was younger? When he beat when he beat the Celtics. When he beat the Celtics. I, was, I think it was a game seven. Was that a game seven? Um, you mean in two thousand and seven? I'm not sure what year. Because because the Celtics didn't get good till '08. They won in '08. They lost to the Magic in 09, and then LeBron and the Cavs lost to the Magic. And 2010, the Celtics beat them, and then that's Le- LeBron left after that. So he had never beat the Celtics until he was in Miami. What was that? It was the Celtics series that were the, the one that impressed me. Okay, so you, I the I one in 2008 more than likely. I can't even remember a specific game. Yeah. I think I think I know what you're talking about because you're but, thinking about 2008 when him and Pierce just had at it. I think I think they yeah, won seven games. Yeah, and it was it was it was the year and it was a, a year, it was a year before where Celtics 
got them. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's like he had to he had to get through his challenge. Yeah, the Celtics had this the Celtics was, had beat him the year before. Like Mike's Pistons, you know, Mike and the Pistons. Yeah, and it was, I, I felt like this was this was LeBron. So LeBron getting through the Celtics in that challenge. That's what that's that's what that's when um he went to the next level for me. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? The level I thought he was always going to reach. You know what I'm saying? Because you know he was he was getting close just going you know with with no blueprint. Right. You know what I'm saying? So you know. I don't have a specific game. Well, I do. <laughs> this is like, uh, it was 2000 and uh, had to be uh, six. Um, It was LeBron versus the Pistons. Mm-hmm. When LeBron scored the Cavs' last 27 points and like scored 48 points in the Palace mm-hmm. to win the game. And then I think it was the year, it was 2007. I'm pretty sure it was the year that they went to the Finals. I sat there with my wife, now wife, asleep next to me, watching this game and just watching this young man decimate a Pistons team that had been built on their defense and their heart. And this is like the two, the, the she, the Chauncey, mm-hmm. um, Tayshawn. Wallace. Yes. Um, ben Wallace, yeah. This, this whole team was known for their defensive identity. And to watch this team who had just lost in seven games a year before to the Spurs, mm-hmm. or two years before mm-hmm. to the Spurs. Um, and then come close in 06 to go on again. Right. Um, to see this team get decimated by one guy was just mind-blowing. Yeah. That's always going to be one of my favorite performances of his. You know, I, 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 I didn't remember that until you brought that up. And as, and as soon as you said that, I just remember Rasheed Wallace. I just remember the frustration on his face. Rasheed was pissed. Rasheed was pissed. There was nothing. There was no answer for that young man. There was no, and to this day, aside from 2013, when they went to the Garden down three to two, and LeBron scored what 44, and just had that that angry face the whole game. One of my, he was in a Heat jersey, but that game was amazing. That that is up there with one of the best LeBron performances. Clearly, but you know that I I I I like the early Bron. I mean, I I, I love the Heat. I I watched it. You know what I'm saying? You know, I'm I'm proud of him. We watched Heat games together yeah, right here in the same room. But there's a part of me that's like that. Ain't, I I like the I like <laughs> watching him before he got to the Heat. Yeah, more than when he was with the Heat. Mm-hmm. I understand his championships. I know it might not even make sense, but, no, it's, but it, it's like, but if you're gonna make me look back at the catalog, and I gotta pick what you know I liked watching back at that time, and the Heat, you know, so this is pre second coming, this is pre coming home. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that's that's Heat time, and that's his early years with the Cavs. I liked them early years with the Cavs. Right. That was enjoyable for me. Well, I mean, I guess that would make sense though. Well, yeah. I mean, especially since this is the first time you had team in like twenty some years. Yeah. Um. Two thousand seven, I believe I emailed you before the final started with the Spurs, and I said, "I bet you the Spurs are going to sweep the Cavs. I'll bet you five bucks a game." And you said, "No, no, fuck that hyphen. You lucky I ain't with you right now. Punching your face. No, you didn't say that part." But you said, I take that bet because the Cavs aren't going to lose this series. And that's the first time I realized how dedicated 
you were to to your team, and that and that, and that was one of the few first times <laughs> I had known you for a, a year or two years by then. But I was like, man, he knows they're going against the, the Spurs, the same Spurs team who, um, I can't remember if that was the year that Amari killed them and they still won. I think that might have been a couple years earlier. Same Spurs team that wasn't supposed to win the West and then did. And then it's like the playground bullies versus all these four-footers is what the finals was. And you said, no, I'll take that bet, and I'm coming to collect my cash when I'm, when after they won the title. And then I called you like maybe two weeks later. I was at Ben Williams. I said, yo, E, you owe me 20 bucks. Now, aside from me being an asshole, <laughs> um, can can you tell me what it was like to have your team? I know you said you were you expected LeBron to take the Cavs to the finals, but for your, I mean, that was only that was 07, so he was only in his fifth year, I think. So for them to be in the finals already, like, what feeling was that for you? It, first fat finals appearance ever for the Cavs. And, and um, first of all, back about the series, about how did I believe that? I mean, it was straight. I mean, I really believed that. I mean, he had just decimated the Pistons. You know, I, I just believe. I, I was like, you know, we winning this. I just believe in that young man like that. But um, what was the other part question you said? Oh, it was just how did you feel about the meeting in the finals? And I, I know you. Oh, I, 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 the whole time, the whole. Because this is your first real his, experience with your team being years, in the finals. All the seven years in, in Cleveland. All, and I'm a big believer and 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 uh, I practice development. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Development takes time. So all I was seeing was, this is, he's just developing. He's learning. It's coming. It's coming. The whole time. Regardless what the outcome was, it's coming. He's, he's going to get it. He's going to figure it out. And that's how that's how I was the whole time. Even when we lost. Like, even I, I mean, but, you know, I was drinking the Kool-Aid. Mm-hmm. But, you know, that never changed. You right. know what I'm saying? Like, last year, I thought we was going to beat Golden State. You know what I'm saying? You know, I was drinking the Kool-Aid then. I'm always drinking Kool-Aid. I'm drinking the Kool-Aid that the Browns gonna be better than inspired by the by the Cavs winning the championship and Hugh David and Hugh Jackson coming and the changes. I'm inspired that the Browns are gonna be better, especially with some weaknesses in the division right now. I think we got a shot. I can say right now, let's segue from that real quick. If Hugh Jackson had stayed the coach of the Raiders and hadn't gotten fired, the Raiders would have been a lot better sooner than they are getting now. Go back to you. I fully believe in Hugh Jackson. So I'm just saying, my, I drink the Kool-Aid. Okay. So, get to the finals. 08 happens. LeBron hits that, um, or 08. They they lose to the Celtics then. In 09, the Celtics are hurt. Garnett's out. Y'all end up playing the Magic. Um, Of course, in 08, just go back. In 08, the Celtics had just put the big three together. Pierce, Garnett, Allen. Rookie Rondo, Doc. There was no way that lineup was going to be beat that year. They came close though. It was a hell of a series. Mm-hmm. In '09, Garnett's hurt. Big Baby gets hurt. Magic with the probably the last time Dwight Howard gave a shit. Um, get past them and get an Eastern Conference Finals against the against the Cavs, and they're giving the Cavs fits. I did not expect this. So I'm watching I'm watching this series and I'm gonna to try to see what you remember in the series. But aside from LeBron's game where he hit that game winner, which I watched, it was crazy. It was an amazing shot. One of the best playoff wins I've seen. 
um, winning shots I think I've ever seen um, up there. I how how were did you take it as a step back when the Magic beat them? Because if you think about the Mags lineup, they had Turkaloo, they had um, oh, what was his name? Nah, uh, I know Lewis. Yeah, yeah, but no, nah, I never looked at a step back because I've always looked like he was doing it on his own. Right. His supporting his supporting cast was always, you know. I mean, no disrespect to those players, you know. Love what they did, you know, moving them and. You know what I'm saying? I just, I, 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 I felt like he was still maximizing and learning. Because that was the year that it was supposed to be yeah. Kobe Brun in the finals. I had his shirt and everything. Yeah, but that was ridiculous. But no, no, no. I really didn't get too disappointed with their losses. Okay. You know, them, to me, them being what they were, I mean, you understand, man. Tell us, you got to go back to where we initially started this conversation. The curse. Minute we are in playoffs, dude, it's like we breathe we breathe easy. You know, us get this is a whole new thing for us, just being in playoffs. Right. So, you know, being in playoffs, finals, Easter a conference final, let's even get to a final. Conference final? Dude, we win it. We win it. We win it. Mm-hmm. I'm cool with this. I'm cool with this development. I'm cool with this. I'm very proud of my team. I'm proud of what y'all guys did. Keep working hard. We 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 gonna do it. All right, so you watching LeBron as he developed in the Cavs, ebbing and flowing, so to speak, through the NBA playoffs, NBA finals, and his couple seasons in Cleveland. You've already said that you knew he didn't have enough help, and you could already tell. Could you tell there was frustration from him? Um, not until like. That last series before he left, when all the little speculations were going, the rumors were going around. Right, before yeah. the thing that we're going to talk about in a second. It, it looked like there was something going on with body language and the way other players were reacting on the team. Right. No, not until then, though. Okay. Before I get into that section of the, the podcast, um... Did you ever question, like, so many hot takes, like Skip Bayless all the time on ESPN? Did you ever question LeBron's ability to be clutch? Nope. Never. I've all, I've never seen. I, I I am the guy who loves to go up to the pickup court, and you know you're not one of the ones picked, and uh, you're one of those teams that you know all the players really didn't get picked picked up. So you like, you know, you got your own team, you're not first for picks, but you all know how to play the game. You all know how to make the right pass. You all box out. You know about how you know how to pick and roll. Y'all all you all understand the importance of defense. Those are some of my favorite times of playing pickup basketball when that happens. Seeing LeBron make the right pass, the right basketball decisions, I never questioned clutch. So even when he passed to Danielle Marshall. Because <laughs> <laughs> that was the first thing that just came to no, mind. I, I agree with you on that. Because to me, that was that's part of basketball IQ. And you should know your players on your team and what who should be doing what. So no, I agree with you on that. He should not pass to Danielle Marshall. There comes a time where you have to do takeover. You have to learn that. Mm-hmm. But I wasn't mad at the pass. I love team ball. 
I love team ball. And I can live with the consequences and the results of team ball. Okay, so rather than you, you'd rather have LeBron making the extra pass late versus Kobe taking a, taking a shot that they really had no business taking with no, three guys I want, on I want LeBron to take the shot. You'd rather have LeBron. I'd rather have You'd rather him taking the shot. I'd rather have him take the shot. Okay. Uh, but I don't question. It never, I never, those those times he didn't do it, I, it never made me question that he wasn't clutch. Because mm-hmm. I've seen him hit big shots in, in, in conference finals. Yeah, and, and, absolutely. And in playoffs. So I know he's capable of hitting the shot. Mm-hmm. So I was going, I was, my, my, my personal analy- um, the way I analyzed it was, no, he's just he's doing what he thinks right. You know what I'm saying? It's not it's a difference. It's different than, oh, I, I'm I'm too nervous to take the shot. I think that's a those are two different decisions. You know what I'm saying? You know he went to the play, he read the play, he read the defense. He thought this was the best, the best um, decision to make. I'm fine with that. You know teams can't do nothing but grow from that. You know what I'm saying? Daniel Marshall should have hit the damn shot. He almost did. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's not so, like he airballed it. <laughs> he just missed it. Yeah. So, you know, you know, but that builds character for your team. Um, the team can do nothing but grow from that. They can't. You know, you can't. This, this is your star player showing trust in you. Not, that that builds. That, mm-hmm. That's that's character building. That's that's team bonding. That I, 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 I ride with that decision all day. Okay. I'm team ball. So you never you never felt despite like in twenty ten with the Celtics when he disappeared the last two games. Well well I don't wanna say disappear, but that's what the ESPN would say. How he didn't play that well in the last two games and then leading into his first year in Miami and then how he didn't play that well later in the Maverick series. So you never attributed that to him not being clutch or anything like that. Mm-hmm. You just felt like he was going through some he just wasn't playing well. Bottom line. He looked confused. He looked. You talking about the Dallas series? Yeah, the Dallas series and yeah. the um, Celtic series before he left. Yeah, yeah. He, he just felt, felt like he didn't know didn't know how to do it yet. And uh, that was a little frustrating. But at the same time, I understand he was young. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And I, I saw Mike. I watched the whole Mike thing happen. Mike had his had his hurdles too. Oh, absolutely. You know what I'm saying? And I saw how Mike ended up. So I was cool with it. You know what I'm saying? I was just, you know, I was cool with it. I just think it was bad. It, it gotten really bad where that one year in the All-Star game, it was like his second year in Miami, when it was actually a close game and, like, the West and the East were trading shots back and forth. And Co- I think Kobe had just came down and hit a big three or something or put the West up, and then LeBron came down. And this is an all-star game, mind you. And Kobe's, I mean, it got, I mean, it got serious. It got real serious at the end of the game, playing, playing to see who's going to actually win this thing. LeBron had the ball at the three-point line, and Kobe dared him to shoot. And LeBron shot it, and it was not even near going in. Mm-hmm. And then the whole conversation again started up. LeBron's not even clutching the all-star game. Like, how are you going to say that in an all-star game? <laughs> I mean, this is before they have won in 2012, of course. Right. And I, and I truly believe it, like you just said it too. I don't think his uh, killer instinct level compared to Kobe's for All Star game. Because I think Kobe don't have an instinct level. I think his his killer instinct is go all the time. Yeah. I think if you play Kobe Bryant in Uno, it's gonna be a damn fierce game of Uno. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's just and Mike too. 
Mike was like that. Oh, Kobe, and, Kobe and Mike both have that thing of that competitive that that competitive thing about them that you know, you know that you know it's me against whatever mm-hmm. you know, and I respect that. But personally, for the kind of people. Um, person I am and the kind of sports that I like, I like people like LeBron. There's like, you know, it's about us. You know what I'm saying? It's about, it's no, you know, and I can see LeBron just his, his killer instinct not even being turned on during the All-Star game. You know, it's just pure entertainment. You yeah. know, his blood wouldn't be pumping like it would be pumping if he was taking that shot for game seven. He said, you know what I'm saying? Right. It's an all-star game. You know what I'm saying? It's primetime TV. I'm, you know, I really want to be sleeping. I need rest. I ain't really worried about that. I just think that's his mentality. I think for the players like Mike and Kobe, though, as soon as the lights come on, you know, TV on TV, it's like, you know. It's go time. I, yeah, it's go time. Okay. So, I think it's a difference in mentality. Okay. I think my dog just pooped, too. <laughs> I can smell it. We're at under the chair or back there. Yeah, that's a spot back there in the back. Oh, (laughs) doggy pads. Okay, I was like, man, like, dang it, cutie, we're trying to work here. (laughs) See, I need to put some funk on it. So, the decision happens. LeBron's taking his talents to South Beach. I, for one, believe that maybe there was some kind of pact talked about between Bron and Wade and. Bosch at some point saying, hey, if this all works out the way we wanted to, we should just all go come to Miami. Um, How devastating was that for you? I prepared myself for it, even though I didn't think it was going to happen. You thought he was going to stay? I, th- I thought it, just because of the kind of person who he was, I thought he wasn't going to um, stay. I didn't think he was going to leave. But I prepared myself for it. And... I was already saying before he left, I said, well, if he does leave, he gave us a good seven, man. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it ain't like they gave him stuff to work with. You know what I'm saying? So, it's not like he didn't have a reason. Like I ain't going to be mad at nobody who gives me seven years. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a, that's a hell of a commitment in anything besides sports. You know, so I I was cool with that. Me and him, me and LeBron was straight. I wasn't mad at LeBron. But you weren't going to become a, you weren't going to be a Heat fan either. No. I don't do that. I don't do that. I don't jump on. And that's what I always accuse Willie of, too. <laughs> so I've been a Heat fan forever. Like, I was like, okay, you've been a fan since Glenn Rice? Yeah. Ronnie Cycling? Yeah. <laughs> Matt Geiger? Yeah. I don't know if that's true or not. He's not here to defend himself, but I don't believe it. I believe him. You believe it? I believe him. I think he been, because I say he was hard away and all that. He's like, yep. Uh, all right. Well, I forget. I always forget about the Hardaway and morning years because Mike and the Bulls used to beat the pants off of them. So, I just kind of eh, whatever. <laughs> oh, those next Heat series were some great ones, though. Great. I wish ESPN Classic would show more of that shit. That's when they was tr- real power forwards. Oh, phew, absolutely. You know, you, you had to be a real man to play power forward in the NBA at that time. Mm-hmm. You know, hundred percent. Yeah. You know, you you worked for a living. <laughs> yes, you did. You earned every single dollar you earned. Yeah. Um, you made, I mean. All right, so you don't go to Miami. Mm-hmm. LeBron left. You were prepared. You were sad, but you were respected him, wishing the best. 
No, I didn't wish him the best. <laughs> I didn't wish him the best. Okay, you were cool. You were straight. I'm cool. I, what was... I'm saying, all right, dude, I understand it. I get it. All right, go do your thing, man. But, yeah. you know, it's messed up. But, mm -hmm. you know, right. it's cool. I, I I understand. Okay. You know, okay. If, you, if you come back, though, I'm with you. <laughs> I'm going to leave the door open. I'm going to leave the door open. <laughs> and, and... It's like, go sow your oats. But then you got to come back home. <laughs> Spe speaking of assholes... I remember a show we did at Bucks, R.I.P. The summer LeBron left. And our good friend Johnny Harmonic came in. We're in a certain jersey of a certain individual on his new team. It's a LeBron James Heat jersey. That was an asshole move on his part. <laughs> Not if it's his team. If it's his team. I don't think the Heat's his team. I feel like I feel like he won LeBron's yeah, New either. Jersey. I don't know if it's the Heat. I don't know if that's Johnny's team or not. He's supposedly a Seahawks fan, so yeah. mm -hmm, whatever. But I just thought that was funny. Anyway, LeBron leaves. Y'all suffer for a year. The Cavs suffer for a year without LeBron. Y'all end up with the number one draft pick on the next year after year one. No LeBron, and y'all end up with Kyrie Irving. Did that ring any kind of? Did that kind of? Catch your attention a little bit, or no. are you still kind of like? No, eh. I, I, no, because I one two, I was sleeping on Kyrie, not because of his talent level. I just thought he was fragile, because he was coming off a major knee right. injury. And I just, you know, just, you know, and and I didn't see, I didn't see see what he was doing, what he's doing in the league. I didn't know he could penetrate like that mm -hmm. and finish. I didn't know that, so that was, you know. But no, nah, so Kyrie, I, one, I slept on Kyrie when he came into the league and how good he was going to be and how good he was. Uh, and But first, I wasn't checking Cavs because I was extremely upset with the Cavs. You know, I didn't, I, I, because I just, they didn't help I, LeBron. How do you let someone like that get away? How do whatever needed to be done, you should have made it happen. You know what I'm saying? Not the last year, the last three, four years. You know what I'm saying? It was just bad management. Shaq. And, and you know, yeah, you know. Right. So I was extremely mad at the Cavs. I was like, you know, so, like, when the, you know, I, I wasn't following the Cavs. Right. You know, I started I started following the Knicks. So leading up to a couple of years before LeBron left, you were like, we got to get some help. We got to get some help. And they just, the management never made that move, as we all saw. Yeah, they didn't want to spend money. You know, that's what I, Which is insane. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Spend money. And then whatever's going on behind the scenes, make this man happy. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? You know, don't power trip. So, you know what I'm saying? That's when we start hearing all this stuff. But, you know, you know, I just said, you know, the players wouldn't want to come. If it was truly players didn't want to come to Cleveland, and they, you know, they was willing to spend, but I never, you know, it just never. Yeah, never I never remember. remember hearing that. Yeah, so it's like, yeah. Okay. So Kyrie didn't make a blip on the radar. Of course, Kyrie was coming off a major knee injury. I mean, I saw flashes, but like you said, Kyrie was hurt a lot. LeBron leaves, loses first year to the Mavs, um, beats the Thunder in year two, comes back on the Spurs in year three, and then loses the Spurs again in year four. And then, of course, everybody knows LeBron has the option to leave again. But before we get into that, we actually went to our first NBA game together mm -hmm. in Cleveland. Mm -hmm. 
me, you, and mm-hmm. Willie mm-hmm. took a car trip up to Cleveland to go stay at Six's house. Yep. Six got some stick, tickets off StubHub. Mm-hmm. We were right behind the basket. Had some great seats. Mm-hmm. The Cavs won. I can't remember who they were playing without me looking. Yeah. Um, Kyrie had a good game. He played that night. Someone walked out on the court that night <laughs> with a shirt asking Kyrie to stay. Right. Because, obviously, LeBron had just left. Kyrie was... The rookie deals had been changed. Kyrie was going to be able to leave sooner than later. Right. Like LeBron. Right. And I just remember that being that being crazy that I felt bad for Cleveland in that moment that obviously this wouldn't that's not the first time it's ever happened in sports where something like that happened. But for this man to feel the need to walk up on the court knowing he's gonna get arrested and walk towards a professional basketball player with this shirt on saying, Please Kyrie stay. I mean that 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 just that shit hit home for me, man. Mm. I felt I felt bad. It was real. Yeah, it was real. That was real. The trip was great, the game was great, but that moment was like, man, like these fans are like this is not some simple this isn't a game to them. They they right. bleed this shit. Right. Like I've seen many free agents leave my teams for various reasons and all kinds of sports. Right. And I can't think of anything off the top of my head right now that felt like that. Right. Um, that moment right there. So I think then was when I was kinda like I started I started caring a little bit more about the Cavs. Mm-hmm. So, summer of 2014, um, I'm at work. It's been a couple days since free agency opened. Haven't heard nothing about LeBron's doing. All I've heard is, last we heard was LeBron had dinner with Wade and Pat Riley in Las Vegas. And it sounded like every, and Bosch was there. And it sounded like everything was going to be fine. They were all going to restructure and be ready to gear up again. Right. I uh, do my Google search like I've been doing the past couple of days. LeBron James free agency. News story popped up top of the top of the search results. I'm coming home. LeBron James Sports Illustrated. First person I call was you at your job, and I said, "Yo," and you said, "I know he's coming home." <laughs> You were so happy that LeBron had decided to come I home. I mean, you just talking about it. My, my, I feel it in my chest. Right. Yeah. I, because I, you, you were exhilarated. Yeah. You were. I mean, we were both at work, but we were both extremely happy because neither one of us thought this has happened. I cared because you cared. You cared because you've been following LeBron and you wanted him to come home, mm-hmm. and you really didn't think it was going to happen. Yeah. But if it did, it'd be amazing. One of the things you told me on the phone, though, was I'm still going to follow the Knicks, though. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, no. And I still do. I said, no. I still do. You cannot do that. You got to go all in, baby. I am all in. You got to go back. You can have a B team. You can't have a B team. Knicks is my B team. You can have a B team. But at the time, it was more like a fitty-fitty kind of thing. Like, <laughs> I, I, I'm happy. But at the same time, these Knicks start taking off. No, I was not. You was misreading that, my brother. It felt like it was a 50 50 deal no, for a while. No, no, dude. It, it felt dude, like it was let a me 50. tell you how that how it was when he came back. Okay, when he came back, man. Dude, I can't even explain the feeling how it felt. You know, that chalk toss was so real. It, it was like it was, it was, man, I can't even go there. I want to say like Obama. You know what I'm it saying? It felt like when Obama was a yeah. one or inaugurated. Yeah, it's just that self-esteem that comes with, you know what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. I know what it was going to do for the city of Cleveland. 
Right. I just know. You know what I'm saying? And me being a Cleveland a Cleveland dude, I was I just it was like, man, this is just awesome. This is awesome. You know what I'm saying? And um Yeah, man. I've been on Cloud Nine since that. It felt it ne- like I haven't came down. I've been on Cloud Nine since that. It felt like the start of a basketball movie. Yeah. <laughs> or like at least the the end where the hero comes home. Like if there was a film about LeBron James and the Cavs, it would start with him getting drafted and then being good for a while and then him getting frustrated, him leaving, him instead of there being a girl in the film, Cleveland would be the girl. He's missing the girl and then finally he decides to do right by the girl and come home. What was that Cleveland ad they had? Nike ad. Oh, that Cleveland oh wow. That Cleveland ad was the one with him in the court and the team came out and the whole city came the out. The whole city came out and walked yeah. One of the best yeah. Can I say that LeBron yeah. has had some of the best ads oh for NBA player or any sports player probably since Jordan in the late nineties. Because Jordan had a lot of great ones in the late nineties. Yeah. Well uh, LeBron nobody because LeBron got a little more character than everybody. He does. So like what was the one that he played all the parts? What was that? The bronze? The LeBron? Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. When he was playing the whole family. That come on, man. That's <laughs> that's, that's, that's up there with Little Penny. It's as funny as Little Penny. Little yeah. Penny was great too. Yeah. So LeBron's home. Y'all you know signed. what's crazy about that? Yeah. What's Kyrie got going with Uncle Drew? Uncle Drew's great. Yeah, I never thought about. They don't. They don't go back to that well enough. I think there's only been a couple. They sure enough don't. They but it's, milk, it was, they the not, first one was epic. They did not milk that cow. The first one was awesome. He still got his Nike deal, though. And he did hit a very important shot we're about to talk about. They should do LeBron and Drew together. <laughs> the LeBrons? Yeah. And, like, and, and Uncle, Uncle Drew. Drew. Like, just sit back chilling, like, different stuff. Man, they, they can do the sky's the limit with that. You need to call Nike. Yeah. Like, hey, here's an idea. Give yeah. us some money. We won't say a word. Yeah. It's a good idea. LeBron is home. X amount of months after we had been there and watched this man come out on the floor begging Kyrie to stay, LeBron James has left Miami and come home to Cleveland. Kyrie Irving is still on your team. Y'all trade away your number one draft pick, your second in a row, because Anthony David or Anthony Bennett didn't work. Y'all drafted Wiggins, number one. LeBron mentions Wiggins specifically. No, he doesn't mention Wiggins specifically in his welcome back, I'm coming home letter. And then all of a sudden, Wiggins gets traded to Minnesota for Kevin Love. Suddenly, for the first, uh, the most unlikely thing, hell, even 90 days before it happened, the Cleveland Cavs had a big three. The Cleveland Cavs were the best team in the Eastern Conference, just like that. How high was your expectations once y'all had a big three? Mm, how high was my? You you just you just knew it. You were like, "This is us. This is our title. We're going to walk." I, I wasn't so stuff. sure about the Andrew Wiggins trade. Okay, I wasn't all in on that, but I definitely remember Bron and, and Kevin Love playing together in the Olympics, and I, and I loved it. It seemed like he got the most out of Kevin Love. Kevin Love looked like looked like a, that looked like the hype that I heard about Kevin Love. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. When I saw him in Minnesota, it was a little more slowed down. Yeah. Offense based around him, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I didn't see his energy level that much, but when the Olympics, 
Just like, and you see the same thing with Camelo. Camelo plays at another speed when he plays with better talent. He does. You know, he just, you know, the Knicks is slowed down. So, but but when, he's, when he plays on these Olympic teams, he plays at another level. And I saw that with Kevin Love. So I was cool with it. Mm-hmm. But I was like, I don't know, man. Y'all might have a better squad with, with the youngin. Right. But Wiggins, maybe might be a little more athletic. You know what I'm saying? I, I, was, I was, but you know, it wasn't deal breaker with me. I mean, like I said, I'm, dude, I was cool, but whatever the consequences was, I was, I'm, I was all in. I'm, I'm with it. I'm with it. I'm with it. But you didn't think your title was guaranteed, though, or you felt like it was. I didn't know how long it was going to take. Okay. And, but I was very high on it because of the moves, the kind of moves they were making. Because going, never, never seen Cavs make moves like this, right? Ever, no, in the history of Cavs, you never seen the the movement of of getting players and bringing players in like they were doing. So I'm like, okay, it, it was definitely um, yeah, um, yeah. monumental. Griffin, Griffin was doing his thing, and um, I was I was like, okay. All right, you know, you might not get it right on the first first one. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? First day, you might be, you know, a couple of years. I was, I was like, I right, might take two or three years. You know what I'm saying? And um, yeah, it, it, I, 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 I was, I don't know if I know if it was going to be a championship. I, I can't even. I think yeah. I, I can't. I, I'm not. I wasn't so sold on it. Okay. But I knew we were going to be the dance. Yeah, you knew you you knew you were definitely yeah. one of the last team standing. Yeah. Mm. Before you got to that dance in the 2015 NBA Finals, me and your squads probably had the last great uh, LeBron versus the Bulls moment that's going to happen unless somehow this D-Wade, Butler, Rondo thing actually results in the Bulls being competitive this season. That's going to be intriguing to see, ain't it? I'm, I'm gonna be, it's a lot of fun. I can't believe the Bulls. I thought the Bulls were ready to trade Butler and blow it up. Uh-huh. And they're like, oh, let's try this. LeBron or Dwayne wants to come home and... Pat won't pay him. I it can't sh- believe it should be a defensive nightmare. I can't believe Pat didn't pay him. Does that bother you that Pat didn't pay D Wade? I know he didn't deserve it. What he wanted, it but bo- does it? It bothers me that players don't see it more. That's what bothers me. It, yeah, you know, organizations always going to do that. Well, you know, you know, you you're a product, so their job is to you know maximize and get the best bang for their buck. They don't, there's no loyalty in that. And for players to have, be as naive and think that there is, and not get yours, shame on you. Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah, you're absolutely right. But the last great Bulls versus LeBron series was last season. Rose had made it to the playoffs again. The Bulls pushed um, the Cavs to six games. There was a point in the series where the series was not at 2-2 in Chicago. Bulls were winning. And then Cavs bring the ball up. I think it might be an inbound play. A couple seconds left. LeBron gets it. And versus what we said earlier with the Danielle Marshall pass, LeBron shoots a fadeaway three-pointer as he's falling into the Bulls' bench, I believe. And this <laughs> Barry's a three-pointer. On the Bulls, when they were seconds away from going up 3-2, to head back to Cleveland and possibly have a chance to close out the big bad Cavs. And LeBron said no. That's exactly what he did. I'm sure I texted you immediately after, like, I can't stand you. (laughs) Something along those lines. 
<laughs> and LeBron just said, no. Yeah. And that was the that was the first time I've ever seen him do that in Cleveland. Because he had been doing it in, in Miami. But he did that in Cleveland, and I was like, holy crap, they're going to win title. Yeah. I, I was like, there's no... Like I said, I think they can beat whatever team comes out the West. Of course, they didn't have love, but I, at that time. But I still thought they could beat any team come out the West. Get to the finals. Yeah. Did you want to say anything about the Bulls? Or you... Well, I mean, I'm just to me the whole thing is like even it starts in Miami. It's, it's the evolution of the king. Mm-hmm. The evolution of the king. Miami, he became a man. Yes. When he came to Cleveland, he was a man. Mm-hmm. And. Uh, Played like a man, you know. That's what we see now. Mm-hmm. You playing as someone who fully understands and is executing at a high capacity, physically and mentally, and uh, it's it's incredible to watch, and it's just amazing to watch. It really is. You know, it's the closest thing I can get to it is Peyton Peyton Manning. Yeah, I remember you you were yeah. telling me like not this past season, but yeah. season before you said. He said, I watch Sunday Night Football at night. You know what? I only watched Peyton the whole game. And it was one of the most amazing experiences watching him run the position of quarterback. Yeah. You know, being able to read on the spot and make quick decisions and make good, make a, a high um, percentage of good decisions under um, extreme, intense, quick, you know, you know high-paced, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. That's, that's, that's impressive to me. Always has been, and now to see that's how Bron, you know, is reading. You know, it's, it's just like a quarterback to me. It's like, see what they give me. All right, this is what I think to work against that. That's, you know, what I'm saying but, yeah. the 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 Golden State series. You know, without love, Kyrie was. You know, yeah, because Kyrie went down in Game One, of course. I right then, I'm like, we destined. I uh when when Kyrie went down, I, I was I because I I went in the series and I thought Golden State was playing real well. Obviously, Curry had was the MVP by the end. He won his first MVP. They were clearly the best team in the NBA next to the Cavs at that point. Because when you're going into the season, of course, nobody knew the Warriors were going to do that. Because right. Steve Kerr was in his first year. They had just fired Mark Jackson. Everybody right. thought that was nuts. Right. Because Mark Jackson had some problems with uh, right. players and management and everything. Scary, I remember, I remember, Mark, I was like, that's, that's scary. Right. Because, like I said, I always go back to team ball. And as good as shooters as, as they are, the way they move the ball around, the way they play defense, I was like, yo, that's spooky. That's spooky. They were like, the Spurs were shooters. And, that's scary because the Spurs by themselves are scary. Right. You know. But the Spurs never had shooters like that. No one's ever had shooters like that. No. We ain't seen nothing like Golden State before. No. You know. So, you know. You know it was like when I saw what he did, you know what I'm saying? It's like, oh, he just he just answers. And he kept answering. You know what I'm saying? Right. And I'm like, wow. And I was like, if these two dudes, if, if Irvin and Love truly live up to their potential and stay healthy, we should not be able to be beat. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. 
because they it took their best to beat on one. So it's true. So because I mean, you obviously the Cavs were up two one in the twenty fifteen NBA Finals. They lost game one. They lost Kyrie, but then they won two, including one. In, they have won in Golden State, which is difficult to do all season for everybody. And that was a that was a that was a um, wounded animal, Kyrie. You know that wasn't no yeah. full hundred um, percent Kyrie. No, he so. was already hurt going in the series, right? For that kneecap win, and then the invention of the death lineup, of course. Well, not even they already had the death lineup. They took they started they took Barnes out, started Iguodala, Iguodala. Was, I don't obviously. If there's ever a time that I would say LeBron James should have won, and somebody should, a losing player should have won MVP, it would have been 2015 finals. LeBron should have been MVP. Igloo Dollar won it because he's on a winning team. I'm not going to agree with that. You don't agree with that? I don't agree with that. Why not? Because he was the best player on the floor for both Andre teams. Andre Igloo the player he has been, and what he, what he represents, what kind of player he represents in this league. The basketball guys decided to reward him. Me, overall, as a as a fan of the sport for my team, a fan of the sport, that dude deserves what what he got. I've been watching Iguodala for years. He does all the little things. He 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 is what the game, how the game is supposed to be played. Just right. like LeBron's, you know, we were talking about it before. Iguodala's the same way. So, uh, I. I was cool with he, I was cool with that, and I thought he deserved it. He showed up, and there's more like his years of service. I felt like he deserved it, not yeah. just him being with Golden State. Mm-hmm. His whole career, the kind of player that he is, that culminated in that moment. Right. Okay. It was it was his time. It was his time, you know, and he deserved it. He deserved it. Wow. Well, um. <laughs> I definitely don't have a problem with him winning, but if it had been up to me, I think I would have given it to LeBron. But I, I see your point, and I don't, I don't, I don't I'm not one of those guys who say Iguodala didn't deserve it. No, I definitely feel like he does I mean, deserve it. I completely it. agree with you that LeBron did deserve it. I yeah. do agree with you that you know he 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 showed up. That performance should have been rewarded to him. Right. You know what I'm saying maybe he should have did a cold MVP. I don't know, but mm-hmm. but um, I do think Iguodala deserved it too. Okay. All right, off season. Mm-hmm. Couple moves are made. Mm-hmm. They bring back Love. Love always said he was resigning. He finally did resign. Mm-hmm. Of course, Braun resigns. Mm-hmm. So you're going into the season again. Clearly, you're the best talent in the East. Mm-hmm. But then you look at the West, and the Spurs and the Warriors are both playing some of the best basketball in history, mm-hmm. all season long. Mm-hmm. Did you see that? See how great the Warriors were and how they started undefeated, or just saw how the Spurs were beating everybody and nobody noticed because of what the Warriors are doing? Did you see them and think it's ain't our year either? Mm-hmm. Did you see that and think Cavs ain't winning it this year either? No, no, you never, never no. worried. That didn't worry no, you. I did, I did worry. I, wor- I worried just to the point that man, they're really good. Mm-hmm. I recognize how good those teams out the West are. But you never but threw out hope. For me, it was window. always health. I'm like, if we healthy. Dude, I'm, you know, I'm, I think we got this. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's gonna be a fight, but I think he he's at a point now where, you know, he knows how to do it. So you just gotta put him in position, and he'll be fine. I'm talking about LeBron, put him in position, and he'll be fine. So to me, it was all about health. Like, 
because because my thing is I won't worry about him. Mm-hmm. I'm worried about Love and Kyrie. Right. And Kyrie really stepped up though. Like he, he, he you know, he showed me what it, what it was about. Yeah. Because uh, Ky- Kyrie didn't even play till December. Yeah. He didn't come back till December. Yeah. Love played all year. Yeah. So like you know, I won't worry about LeBron because LeBron did it last year with Delhi. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I mean that speaks volumes. I ain't got to go there. Delhi, Matt, dude, Delhi, dope. <laughs> he got paid. Yeah, got paid. Yes, he did. Deserved it. He's a he's a he's a Cleveland legend for the rest of his life. Absolutely. And um, we will honor him. But uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, honor yeah, him yeah. on opening night when y'all get those rings, son. Yeah, yeah, you know, Kyrie. Kyrie to me is the, really the key of our championship. Mm-hmm. You know, I, he's the one to me that caught me off guard. I expected him to be solid. I thought his solid play would be enough. That's all I wanted. Be healthy, do be solid. But this all-star level that he played at, and, and, and that's what caught me off guard. And I was like, wow. Then it's like, I was like, dude, if they both show up, I'm sorry. I don't care what y'all throw at us. And then love, you know what I'm saying? Love, and to me, love puts play solid. That's what I'm saying. He does right. the solid thing. Yeah. So, you know, he plays solid. And I'm like, but we getting solid. I'm getting solid play from love. I'm getting Kyrie on some next level, and Braun just being Braun, mm-hmm. dude. I'm putting my money. I'm ready. You know, put your money on the table any day. They ain't, I ain't. I'm, I ain't scared. <laughs> we, that's I, I. I ride with that all yeah. day long. So it was just health about me. Okay. And I was like I said, you know, I'm already weary of Kyrie and his history. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So that's where my worry come in. Okay. So. I was in all the Warriors all season long. Watched that game with the Thunder when Steph hit the 30-footer to win it. Steph let That ball left Steph's hands. I was watching by myself in my old living room. I said, that's going in. Went in. I went and woke up Angel. I was like, yo, Steph just won that game. Oh, there was like three or four games like that. I did with my wife. Yeah. Three, like, like, like because she be asleep. And I'll be right next to me. I'll be like, oh, you got to, you got to see this. Right. And there's a few times she woke up and watched like, we like, damn. I mean, Golden State definitely became must-see TV. Right. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, that's not that's not sports. That's mean the sports teams that do that. But, I mean, it's like, you know, this that's just primetime TV. Mm-hmm. You know, they they were bad. I compared that in one of my earlier podcasts. Um, I said, I said what's, it was probably right after the Thunder game. I said, what Steph Curry is doing, Steph is having an amazing moment right now. He is somebody that you cannot miss, Steph, on the court. He's like Tyson. He's like Jordan in his prom. He's like what Rousey was for a few fights. Right. Like, you can't miss this. Because even if Steph wins more MVPs or plays just as well, he will or like he will never replicate what he did this past season. Right. So he's must see TV. I don't know, man. You think he can? You think he could do, do? Think about how incredible he was. You don't think there's gonna be a little fall off? I worry. If a little coming I, back down I to worry earth. If he's hit, he might hit a wall. He might hit a wall. Playing a lot of ball. He's had a lot of emotional moments. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But you know, you look back at sports. That he, you know, that can go either way. That can that kind of pressure can even break a player or it can make a play. Yeah. You know? So it just depends on. And to me, he seems like the kind of person because of work ethic. When you see work ethic, the minute I see work ethic, you know, 
that kind of preparation, that next level work ethic that, that he has. People get there early to watch him dribble. Yeah, yeah. And it's such a beautiful, like, the, 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 um, the real deep part of that is that, you know, he's showing play, um, young players, you know, that this is how you have to prepare. Right. You know what I'm saying? I love that. You know, I love that they go out early to see OBJ catching the end zone. You know what I'm saying? You know, he's showing us a sign of work ethic. It ain't just entertaining. It is entertaining too, but but yeah, his you know, when I see players like that, I like I don't know, man. He's too young. He is really he, young. He's too young just to uh for us to see his best. God, his best is if, <laughs> if his God if, can Steph get better? And to me, man, it's like I, I'm at the he point. He the league in scoring, I, right? Back back then when it was happening, when you deport the time period you're talking about right now, yeah. When it was happening, I was like Steph, Steph, Steph. But now after we've seen the whole season, I can't say that it's Golden State. And Steph don't Steph ain't Steph is Steph is Steph. But what Clay did in the playoffs, man. What he did in the Thunder what, in Game Six. What Clay did, Clay went to a whole nother level that I didn't. I mean, I know they could go there, man, but. To run to go do it again, just they just find a way to win. Someone steps up, you know what I'm saying? Right. They're impressive. They are extremely impressive, and they are. It's so entertaining to watch. They're like the Bulls. I remember the Bulls. Like the Bulls used to be like that for me. Yeah. You know, I I don't. They weren't my team, but I used. You know, they were must see TV, especially when they had Rodman. Oh, the last three years, the last three pieces, my favorite Bulls. Ever. I I watched I watched the Bulls probably more for Robin than I did Mike. You mm-hmm. know, I definitely watched Mike. I ain't gonna be stupid. I'm all watching <laughs> Mike, but I really love watching Robin play ball. Robin was amazing. Watching Robin rebound, it was a thing of beauty. Because honestly, even now, I don't ever remember a player rebounding and having that hustle when he was when his mom was there. Yeah, when he was in the game, yeah, nobody could compete with him. Yeah. So, season ends. I get a little mad at the Warriors. They broke my Bulls record, which I mentioned earlier. So, going into the playoffs, I've been pulling. I was pulling for Golden State all year long. I wanted to see Golden State do well, but I didn't want to see them break my record, and they did. Took that away from me. So, now the faces have become the heels. So, the Golden State Warriors are now the bad guys in the playoffs to me. Because they're the best team, and I want to see somebody knock them off. <laughs> Because, like I said earlier, and as you acknowledge, I am a hater. First round. Because you embrace it. I do embrace it. Steph hurts his ankle. Steph's going to be out a couple days. Golden State proceeds to play better than they did with Steph on the floor in the first game. My point exactly. Steph comes back, hurts his knee in game four, I believe. Um, Leaves, not coming back when he left. The Rockets were only down by a few points. They got blown out in the second half. Next round, Portland. Warriors, Warriors, Portland. I think Steph comes back somewhere in there. Warriors, Warriors. On to the next round. Everybody expects the Spurs to beat Thunder. Of course, this one I'm going to start bringing out some text messages <laughs> that I, I had saved between us. Before I read this, I did a little... um. Playoff prediction episode of uh, Hyphenation. And I said on the show, I'd said earlier when I started the show beginning of the year, mm-hmm. that the Warriors are going to win. Right. Then I made the prediction based off of 
because I think I had started it after round one when I did my predictions because it was like halfway through round one. I said, you know what? Cleveland's going to win the title. I said this on this podcast, and I've not acknowledged this since I've said it, that Cleveland's going to win the title. And then, like, I think the next episode, I backed off a little. I was like, well, if Cleveland does go to finals and loses, at least I said the Warriors before. <laughs> but I did say I'm going to, I was picking the Cavs. I said, I'm going to pick the Cavs. Wow. So I picked the Cavs on the show. Cavs are in the Eastern Conference Finals. So are the, the Warriors in the Western Conference Finals. Raptors get past the Heat after Whiteside goes out. Raptors kind of give the Cavs a series. They kind of don't. The, Cav- the Cavs are fine. Everybody thought it would be Warrior Spurs in the Eastern Conference Finals. Let's see. Somewhere in here. I said, it's infuriating that the Warriors are dominating without Steph. And then I said, and the Spurs look vulnerable all of a sudden because they had lost a couple games ago to the Thunder. The same Thunder team that blew fourth tier leads over and over and over all season long. You said, Oklahoma City, don't sleep. And I said, if they beat the Spurs, I'll stop sleeping. And you said, I think they will. I said, no way. <laughs> Obviously... <laughs> In that case, you were right. The Thunder gets to the conference finals. Then they proceed to start beating the Warriors. They lose. They win. They lose game one. Win game two. Win game three. No, they win game one. Lose game two. Win game. Win game three. Game four. Three one. Heading back to Golden State. Everybody. I mean, people thought that they could close out then because they had been playing so well. But let's be realistic. Playing, trying to win a game, in. Oracle is damn near impossible, especially in the playoffs. They lose, go back to Oklahoma City, win most of the game until the third quarter when Clay goes off, like you mentioned. I was sitting there watching with Gary. Clay was insane. Steph finished them off in the fourth. Tie series. They go back to Oklahoma City. They were up at halftime. They lose the series. So we got a repeat of 2015 Warriors Cavs. Game one, Warriors. Game two, Warriors. Or no. Game two, Warriors. Game three, Cavs. So it's like, oh, there's a little hope. Maybe they just had to get in the groove. Like, they had to get get their lineup set. Game four, Warriors. 3-1. Going back to Golden State. How are you feeling? I still have faith. But I was worried. Mm Mm-hmm. I was worried. Okay, well, before I go any further with that, there's a couple other things I want to mention in the text. You, The Cavs have won some playoff game earlier, and I said to you, I thought we were being quiet about the Cavs winning since they're the only hope of ruining the Warriors season. My Golden State hate is at an all-time high. And then you said my belief factor for the, my Cavs are at the highest peak. And then I said if Golden State hadn't won 73, I'd feel different. The East is easy. And I said I thought the Heat would beat the Raptors. And then I said to you, E, if these dudes don't win this championship for the land, I don't know what I'm going to do for myself. Completely all in fanboying <laughs> to you in secret. Because I don't want to say to anybody how bad I want Cleveland to win this title. I watched them in the playoffs. And, of course, I mean, the thing that did it, they all got their own little handshakes and stuff. 
and the way the the way they addressed each other on the floor and the way they interacted with each other, it was different from the year before. Mm-hmm. Before it felt like they were just an NBA team. Mm-hmm. This time it felt like they were more of a family, mm-hmm. and I love that. I, love I absolutely love that. And then you responded with beating the West ain't going to be easy, but it's by far the best Cavs team ever. And I said absolutely, and the team unity. So I'm sitting there, freshly moved in my new house. I still don't think I had TV at this point. No, I did. It was the night I got TV back in the <laughs> new crib. Turn on game five. And I'm like, ah, oh, I don't want to watch this, but I have to. Because I, I was like, the, I was thinking that was it. I was thinking the cat, I thought the Cavs would give them a game, but I thought the Warriors would find some way. Of course, the big thing going into game five was LeBron and Draymond got into an altercation at the end of game four. Mm-hmm. Draymond went for the low blow again. LeBron came up aggressive about it. And, of course, everybody's like, oh, LeBron's crying. Da, 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 da. Draymond didn't do anything. Draymond totally did in that moment mm-hmm. to instigate that. Mm-hmm. Plus, LeBron was frustrated. Mm-hmm. Plus the history. Of Plus the history of Draymond with kicking um, Adams in the, the round before. Mm-hmm. Draymond is out for game five. Aisha Curry, as well as everybody else in the universe who wanted the Warriors win. Mm-hmm. Oh, the NBA is trying to make this series competitive. They don't want the ca- the Warriors to um, close out the Cavaliers again. Yada, yada, yada. I... Do you think the Cavs would have won game five with Draymond playing? Yeah. I do, too. I don't think it would have made a difference. I do, too. It was all about the Cavs. It was all about the Cavs. Obviously, we know what Kyrie and LeBron did that game. 41 points each. Mm-hmm. 3-2. Heading back to the land. Day before your birthday. Mm-hmm. At the show. Mm-hmm. Watching the game live. Mm-hmm. Literally spent the first couple hours of my night in front of the TV at the bar. Mm-hmm. Watching this. Yep. Cheering. Yep. Got in an argument with some little blonde girl because she said, You're not cheering for the Warriors. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> I was like, It's all about the land. Like, seriously. Like, if there was ever a t- time when somebody could have looked at me and said he's been a Cavs fan for a long time, it would have been the NBA Finals. Cavs win. On my birthday. On your birthday. Best birthday present ever. Game seven's on Father's Day. You just had your 50th birthday two days before. How were you feeling leading up to game seven? I had problems sleeping that night. Um, on Saturday night, yeah, and all and all the way like since game six, all the way the minute it was over, it was like I had problems focusing. Mm-hmm. I was at like you know like slight anxiety. You know, I talked a lot to my brothers because it's like we were all going through it, mm-hmm. and uh, it was a little nerve wracking. It was a little nerve wracking, just waiting for the game, get trying to get to the game. And uh, just always felt I just always felt like I was trying to catch my breath. That's what it felt like mm-hmm. for like a, a couple of days. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So it was it was you know never experienced anything like that. I remember telling my wife something like, "If this would champions go through, I don't know 
I don't know if I want to. I can't take this. It was right. e- it was easier. It was eating at you. It was yeah. It was easier when you know you were weren't this successful. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But when the stakes are this high, as high as they were, and what they meant. I mean, all the things that, you know, all the different storylines. And I'm talking about personal storylines. You know, the years, the curse. You know, this. You know, the fumble, the drive, all that. You Red know, Ray Rover coming from Cleveland. You know, Red Ray Cleveland, Cleveland's. You know, it's, you know, blue collar town. You know, you know, it's, the move. It's just kind of like you know, people who deserve better but don't never get it. You know right. what I'm saying? And I mean, that's true. That's America, but. <laughs> it's a whole nother thing. Yeah. But but you know, it's that. And it's like, you know, this is you know, I want this to happen. I really wanted it to happen. It's something I really, really wanted and I wanted it so bad that it almost was That you were ready to go get on the court yourself. No, I mean I wanted it if so I was so bad that it was like it was almost painful, mm-hmm. you know, waiting for it to happen and, and, and seeing what the outcome was gonna be. Right. Yeah. Well, I knew where you were going to be. I knew you were going to be here. Yeah. And I knew I could not watch this game with you. Right. I just felt like that that much energy directed towards one positive goal was not it was going to ruin it. And that was what and I tell you what was so so dope about that. I watched that game with my son and my wife. Right. You know, my son was in town, just happened to be in town that weekend. Came in for my birthday. So me and my son both saw game 6 and 7 together. And like you said, one was for for my birthday and the other one's for Father's Day. And man, I mean, you can't write that. You no. know what I'm saying? It's, 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 you know what I'm saying? It's, it's a perfect it's, story, it's man. It's a perfect story. So it's like, you know, uh, yeah, that's it's, it was high stakes and it felt, I felt it. I felt it. Yeah. I emotionally felt it. Like sometimes I would just, I would be at the office, in my office, and I would just get up and have to walk around the room, like take a break. You know what I'm saying? Because I was like, man, this is, this is killing me. Right. You know? <laughs> right. I knew I couldn't watch the game with you, so I hit up Anthony. I'm like, yo, you got to come over. We got to watch this game together. Right. Now that you've said that, I understand his side of things more. He wanted to be, he's like, let's go to B-dubs. I was like, oh, I really can't, man. Like, Angel wants me to play, play the house and, you know, stay at home and play the home game. And, right. Um, she, she'd rather me not go out. She, she'd rather me at home. She said we can get wings, but right. we, she, he, she didn't want me to go out. So I was like, so I'm going to watch it here. Thomas is gonna come over. Right. So why don't you come over? He fought me the whole day long about coming over. I'm like, you come to my house like almost every weekend, just to, for no other reason, just to come over. Right. But you can't when your team is in the biggest game right. of their NBA lives. Right. And I want to share this moment with you because I want it so bad for you and for Eric. You can't come over here with me. And he he he's refused. I wanted to go out. I want to go out. Can't do it. So this is what he did. One, he didn't go out. Since I, I didn't go, he stayed at his house and watched it by himself. Mm-hmm. Thomas came over and watched it with me. Angel came downstairs and watched it. Aaliyah saw whatever parts she paid attention to the first half right. when we put her to bed at halftime. And I was so sad that Anthony wasn't there with me. Mm-hmm. But with you telling me that, if you were like that, I guarantee that he was like that too. And I felt like in order for him to be able to harness that nervous energy he was feeling probably... He was probably trying to tell me I need to be out and be around people because I'd rather be out around people versus being in your basement when your daughter's upstairs sleeping yeah, this, this and ain't, going this through ain't no, this. this. ain't no regular game. Right. This this is, this is for us, for Cleveland, 
fans, this is bigger than sports. Right. That's all I can say. It's bigger than a, it's bigger than sports. Talking about self morale, self esteem, um, you know, of years of being the butt of the joke. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? You know, that's you know, it's it's all joking and fun and stuff. But sports is competitive by nature. Yeah. So if it's competitive by nature and you're always on the losing end of it, and not only the losing end of it, but sometimes the joke. You know, you know, and got to always defend yourself and people don't even let you finish because they start laughing. You know, I think we're going, ah, ha, 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 ha. Years of that. Yeah. Years of that. And then you, like I said, you know, I mean, you can get deep in something like, you know, you fight it all, but you like, you know, you really curse, you know, my loser, you know. Which I had to go out like, no, nah, I won championships here, here and there in my life. You know, <laughs> whether it was, you know, right, you know, high school, or, you know what I'm saying? But yeah, it was it's, it was war music. So, and I'll tell you another thing. Yeah. So just, just, just know anything of importance of sports, I am superstitious. Me too. And, and I've watched it at like for like the Mountaineer games that, that, are, that are very important to me, uh, the Browns games that are very important to me. There's a common denominator, and it's me and my wife. We always watch the most important game together. She's yeah. like my my good luck charm, and and that is the perfect environment for me to watch a big game. Like you know, it's our ritual. It don't like I like I like if it, if it means something to me mm-hmm. my, for me to play my part. Me and her have to be watching the game together. Okay, that's just how you know. That's beautiful. Yeah. yeah. So, game seven. Mm. First half, up and down. Warriors get out to the big lead early. Cavs work their way back. But for the most of the first half, it's feeling like a Warriors kind of game. It ha- it doesn't have the same feel game five and game six had. It felt like one of those games where the Cavs were hanging around, maybe maybe play the lead or two, but in the end, the Warriors are going to have it. Waiting for the run. Get to halftime. Put Ali to bed. Anthony is, I don't know if I'm talking to Anthony at this point. Me and Thomas and Angel are all downstairs watching the game. And I say, I don't, and I, I say, I don't know, man. I, I don't know. And in fact, I think we didn't put Ali to bed till the third quarter. Because what happens, we took Ali upstairs. And our nightly ritual with Aaliyah is we will read her two bedtime stories and put her to bed. Yeah, I know. Well, thank you. Um, um, and we put her to bed. I come back down when when I don't remember what the score was at halftime, but I think the Cavs were only down by a few points. Come back downstairs, Thomas. What happened? <laughs> I don't know, dude. Like the, the Warriors just can't miss. Now, like son of a bitch, this is when they. I don't. I think the league got out to eleven, maybe or something like that in the third quarter. And I'm like, no, 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 no. This cannot happen. This cannot. I'm sitting there. With my wife and one of my best friends, knowing two of my best friends are dying right now, <laughs> I'm th- I'm dying with them. Right. And then an unexpected man on the roster, of all people, decides, you know, this would be a good time to hit some clutch three pointers. Mm-hmm. J.R. Shirtless Smith. Mm-hmm. Buried, buried, 
some triples. No hesitation. No work around the offense. It was, I'm shooting, swish. I'm shooting, swish. Mm-hmm. Brought him back. Killed the momentum. And suddenly we got a game again. Mm-hmm. Which is incredible. Yeah. That was the moment that you that you see in video games. That's when you that's when you know the three point shooters are gonna start hitting when you're you're trying to catch up. Right. Or something. That's when you know your three point shooters are gonna hit. The momentum switch. The momentum swing. And then seeing it in real life like that, that happened, and I was like, This might happen. Mm-hmm. This might happen. They just they just took to quote Rocky, they just took his best shot. Right. And they're still standing. Right. Because if the Warriors had extended that to even 15 and maintained it for a couple minutes, right. I think it would have been over. Right. Gets the fourth quarter. Back and forth. Back and forth. Suddenly nobody's scoring. Nobody's scoring. It's like 89 all or whatever it is. Nobody can score the damn ball. And you just don't know what's going to happen. There's there's fouls being called. Mike Breen yelling. Mark Jackson's mad because that's his team down there. Watching this game. Can't sit still. Want to yell at the TV. My daughter's asleep. Thomas is sitting there laughing at me. Like, obviously, they both feel what kind of moment this is. The steal. One of those dumb plays that the Cavs have been making made in all their losses throughout the whole playoffs mm-hmm. where they charge in and all of a sudden they get stripped. Outlet pass comes out. Steph. First thoughts, oh God, oh God, oh God, oh God, oh God, oh God. Because you're thinking he's going to bury three. And I swear that's exactly what I said to myself. What you just said. He's going to bury three. I said, oh my God. Oh my he's God. in traffic. <laughs> Nobody's watching. One thing I want to say real quick is I forgot how bad Steph was at defense until the finals. Back into the story. Anyway, <laughs> Steph's coming down. You just know the Warriors are going to hit this three. Steph sees a streaking Andre Iguodala hitting to the basket, unopposed. Steph makes a Steph Golden State Warriors pass to Iguodala. Iguodala has a layup right there. Eric Jordan. Right there. I can feel. I was a Cleveland during that moment. I could feel <laughs> hearts breaking across the world for Cleveland in that moment. Because they had done everything. And at that point, you knew it wasn't going to be enough. And then LeBron jumps from the foul line. Damn near. Mm. Slams against the glass. Mm. As soon as he did, I said, that's a clean block. That's a clean block. So I right, thought it was goaltending. Mm-hmm. I saw it. I knew it didn't touch glass. Mm-hmm. And stops. And probably ha- has the biggest play in his career. Bigger than the shot against Orlando. Bigger than him winning in 2012 and 2013. Bigger than the 40-point game in the Garden. Bigger than what he did against Detroit in 07. LeBron was out of the play. Before you and, and what to me is so great about that play is that he had he made the decision in his mind to go up with both hands just in case he decides to reverse it. He was going to get it either way. Right. He was getting it with this hand if he went up and he had the other hand up ready to go for the other side. 
He like, did. Like that's what I'm talking about. The IQ to make to know that, that he know, wasn't putting it he, all in one made, hand. He made that clutch decision. You know what I'm saying? Like that at this time in that moment. You know what I'm saying? That's the lights are no brighter. Right. No brighter than right now. And he executes mentally and physically. But the mentally part of it to me is what's, what what catches me is because he went up with both. He went up with both. I was going to get it on either side of the board, bro. It ain't happening. It ain't happening. <laughs> amazing. That's a more, that's, it, that was amazing. I know that when it happened, I was, ooh, LeBron blocked it. He got it. I just knew it, and the broadcast team was confused. They were trying to figure out what was going on. I was like, I think it was Golden. They're like, no, it ain't Golden. That was clean. The Cavs have the ball. Why didn't stuff shoot? I think this is a lot of people don't give this credit. That was a good closeout by Kevin. It wasn't. I mean, he could have took the shot. Oh, we're not. Even, we're not even to the final. We're not even to oh, that talking play. About that close we're up? talking about him passing oh. the Iguodala. Oh, all season long, we had watched Steph. Okay. In transition, people flying all around him, pull up and take that long three and nail it. All season long, we had seen it in the Cavs series. That's part of that moment. That's part of the momentum swing. That block. That block. That that right. That block was so big. They had to create self doubt. Because right now you're in the point of like, all right, who's who's going to get it? But you're, you're still ahead. I'm talking about why didn't he take the shot instead of passing Igly Dollar where Igly Dollar got blocked? He should have shot the three. Oh, oh st- instead of passing the Igly Dollar? Steph should have taken that three is what I was saying. Well, you know me. What am I going to say? I've been saying it all day. I'm going to say it all day. What am I going to say? He wasn't destined to take that three. No. But, you know, that was that was a... I'm happy with that decision. For well, obviously, because no, not oh, the no, teamwork. No, the teamwork. No, the teamwork. Take yes. me out. Take. I still made me step outside of the Cleveland fan. You know what I'm saying? If if you know, I'm cool. I with that pass. That's a good. He basketball. took the high percentage that's shot. A good he went for the high decision. I'm yeah. cool with that. As a as a as a basketball fan, Steph Curry, you know, uh, passing the eager dollars. It was the right play. It was the right play. And nine times out of ten, it goes in. Right. But but you know, I, I, we have seen your Kobe's and your Mikes pull up and take that shot that you're talking about, and be the game changer. Right. So it does work. It's just you know, the breed of player. How to you know? I think I mean, and and in the context that you're putting it in, usually I think Steph does take that shot. Right. Yeah. I think if it had been a minute earlier or earlier in the game, he would have shot it. Right. Casball. Kyrie gets the ball in the right wing. But the block was emotional. The block See, was super emotional. That's what I'm talking about. So when you when you when you get emotional and as as um um you know uh and doing those tense periods, that should alter things. Like yeah. decision making. Oh, at hundred percent like decision making and stuff. So maybe that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm trying to say. In the I block, fully believe the block, the block so and the shot had everything to do with with uh with one glove closing out on Curry and playing playing the best player in the NBA heads up right. in the season, in the regular season. Playing them heads up on that last shot and giving them the best defense Kevin Love's probably given since mm. UCLA. <laughs> and then Steph played good D in the Olympic team. Missing. 
in the Olympics. Right? <laughs> and then stuff missing. I didn't. I I expected stuff to miss that shot at that point. But when Kyrie got the ball, but I'm saying that's that's not an easy look because Kevin closed out. Like I think people move past that too quick. I really do. Kevin, that's Kevin six for ten. But no, that's it. That was the, that was that contract for. That contract was for that play. I'm telling you, man. He closed out. He did his job in the time we needed it the most. Mm-hmm. Kevin Love on Steph Curry. The odds usually is Steph Curry getting winning that. You know what I'm saying? You know, Kev, you know, he got to the right spot. You know, and Kev and Curry still had a good look. He had a great look. But it wasn't an easy look. And that's all you want from Kevin Love. You know what I'm saying? Kev, because Kevin Love don't, you know, from what we see in the past, don't always show up on that stuff. You know what I'm saying? No, right there. He's you know a liability. What I'm but the fact that he, he locked in, you know what I'm saying, he helped us win that championship with that play. It's, it's a big play to me. No, I 100% agree. <laughs> We don't even got to talk about it now. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to talk about Kyrie's shot now. Right. Yeah. That 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 shot, man, is that's when he hit it, I was like, this dude is the truth. You know what I'm saying? Like I said, I slept on a Kyrie. Fade away. Three pointer. Steph was a couple seconds late. And I've hit, I've seen him hit it all the time, man. But when you anybody who hits I mean, anybody who hits these shots in these moments. From John Paxson and Larry Bird, whoever it is, to Steve Kerr, these are major. These are those moments. You know what I'm saying? Right. Not all players are built to do that. You know what I'm saying? I just still, as good as Kyrie was playing up to this point, as good as and, and, and went past my expectations, and I gave him his props. Like I'm sorry, I slept on you. You that that dude. Still, that shot is a whole nother level. It's a whole nother level. We talking legend now. We talking legend now. You know what I'm saying? So that was amazing to me. Not that because I know he can hit the shot, but the confidence of like I'm taking it, I'm winning this for us. Not LeBron, no Kyrie, the youngin. I'm I, I got this, and oh my god, man, it was that was amazing. It was a beautiful shot. It couldn't be no more textbook other than him fading. He faded out of necessity, obviously. The Steph was swinging at him. Right. But as far as the form, as soon as he left his hand, I was like, that's it. Yeah. And this, and 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 we was talking about Killer Instinct earlier, right? With with like Kobe and Mike. Mm-hmm. Yo, that was all that with Kyrie. Kyrie has that. Was, that was, it seems so personal. You the best player in the league for real. You. You, I'm not even in the conversation. Watch this, right? You know what I'm saying? It, 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 that I didn't know he had that. I did not know he had that. I knew he was. I nice. knew he had it. I knew he was super nice. I knew he was super nice. I would have never scripted him to take that shot. I, I even, I would even go to say he was naive. To th- I, he might be naive. I was like, man, he might be naive to think he that nice. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Right. Dude, dude, dude. <laughs> that, was, that was super dope. <laughs> super dope. Super dope. And that and that's a whole nother thing, cause it's like that's where I got that's what we got right now. We got LeBron James and Kyrie Irving. Like I'm watching him in the Olympics now, man. He, and and you know, it's like I I do it when I want. And you know, it's like, you know, mm-hmm. it's that it's that thing now, like, all right, you know, I'm I'm a master. I'm at master level now. Yeah, yeah. You know, and it's 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 
it's it's it's like a calm over him. It seems like from what I'm just seeing from going off the Olympics. Olympics are yeah. a real high game, and they haven't but, even got to the Olympics. Yet. Yeah, right. yeah, right. These exhibition games, but it's like you know, it's just his demeanor. It's like you know, it's like it's dope. It's dope. It's dope. It's dope. So of course, Kyrie has a shot. Love plays defense. Steph misses. LeBron. I think the play. I believe the last play that happened for the Cavs was when LeBron went for the ball, comes down the wrist. Oh. Did the wrist moment scare you? No, I, I, I was like, I think we're good. I said, I said, even if he like had to leave, I was like, I think we're good. I think we, I think we're good. But I was definitely nervous. Yeah. I mean, to the clock. I mean, I was. I was a roller coaster of emotions. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, like, I've never felt that way about it. I've never been in that moment. So I never felt like that. It was it was a different feeling. Like, it was no control over my emotions. I was like, I, I was all over the place. I was too. I was all over the place. And, um, and I just, I was, I, I, all I could say is like limbo almost. It felt like limbo. Just waiting for that. I was like, because it's, it's like, you know. With all that the, last two minutes took forever. I, I, all that stuff, I had flashbacks of all that stuff. Yeah. The fumble, the interceptions, the, you know, Mike over Elo, all, you know what I'm saying? It, all that stuff came in. I was like, but but there was also this other side of me like, this is this is going to happen. Is this this really happening? Is this about to happen? And you know what I'm saying? And, and man, it was. LeBron gets up, misses the first, hits the second with the messed up wrist. Cavs or Warriors come down. The Warriors are broken at this point. They didn't get. They didn't even have a decent look at the basket when they heaved up that last one. And then, of course, I believe it was. I can't remember who it was. Um, gets the ball, spikes, speaks, um, gets the ball, and then throws up that last one, and then the clock expires. <laughs> I was running around my basement. I was wanting to yell. Thomas couldn't believe it. Angel couldn't believe it. I was incredibly happy. I looked at my wife and said, let's make another baby. And she said, are you serious? You will make the decision now? And I said, right now? Yeah, I would totally do it. Ask me about an hour. I'm going to say no. I was like, I'm, I was actually really glad to share that moment with her and with mm. Thomas. For us to see sports history. Right. And before I give it to you, this is the most important in the time that I've been alive in 33 years. This is my number one sports moment. I don't think there's anything bigger. Even Mike in 98, even when the Bulls won the title in 93 with Paxson, that was my first year really watching as a kid. Even with all the other sports moments that's been out there and been had and I've seen them. And this is the biggest sports moment of my lifetime for this Cleveland Cavaliers team to not only win the NBA championship, but to knock off the best, the team that had the best regular season record in NBA history now. But they also came back from three to one with two games in Oakland to win the NBA title. Of course, I called you. I cried. <laughs> you were crying. <laughs> that was the happiest I've ever heard you, obviously. <laughs> you didn't pick up the first time. I was like, it's a damn phone. <laughs> I know people are blowing you up. Man. But 
I was just thinking about it. Watching that clock go and then LeBron make that face and hugging love and this is for you, Cleveland. And mm. It was amazing. I wish you went to Cleveland. <laughs> Man. This, this is how all I could say. This is what I felt like. I felt like the sport gods looked down on me and said, you have been loyal and faithful. You know, with us and, and you deserve what we're about to give you. And what they gave me was on the night of game six, I had a, a show with my family. It was a reunion show of all the people I've made music with over the years. Friends and family came in town. I gave you my best performance ever. You gave me your best performance ever. <laughs> um, in that same environment, we, my son was there. My son came. And we was you know, enjoying the night with the show and, wa- and watching the game. And watching the game at the bar. I watched game six with my son, my friends, my brother, who was also a loyal Cleveland Cavaliers and Browns fan. And we... The way I feel, he feels, you know, and to share that moment and then it be my birthday. Right. Right after. Then it's my birthday. Like half an hour later, Mm -hmm. we win game six, half an hour. I just had a night with all my friends and family uh, performing, which I love to do, performing live music. It was a great show. All the acts killed. All the acts killed that night. Every it was a weak link on the roster that night. Um, just a great time. My birthday. All right, that's a gift. I say there's like two or three gifts in that the sports gods gave me that. Right. So they go on and it's like, no, we're not done with you. You because you've been good. We're going to reward you. And on Father's Day, with my son and my wife, my Cavs won. I I just felt like, dude. I I I was like it's like getting a, like a big retirement type party. I'm almost scared. I'm like I'm like look. I don't. I hope y'all not telling me I'm about to die or something. I don't. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I, I like sport. I love this, but I don't. I want. I, I want. I want to see my son. I, want, I don't I want, want this to be the end. Yeah, I don't want this to be the end. Right. But man, it's just I, that's how I felt, man. I I just I felt like, dude, I'm really being rewarded, and I, and I feel rewarded because I do it the right way. I believe in team ball. I fight for the little guy. I'm the one. I'm the. I'm the guy. I don't care how good you are. If you come in and ask me, can you play on my team? I'm gonna pick you up. I don't care, cause I don't believe in people and making somebody wait because you're trying to stack your team so you can stay on all day at the court. Hate those guys. Right. So I love fat battling against those guys. I'm just. I just think. I believe in doing the right way. I believe. Underdog in, mentality. I believe in work ethic and, and practice. I believe in the importance of practice. I believe in the the, the strength of unity and chemistry. And and family environment in the, in the locker room, all the things that go right with sports, I I believe that I preach that I I, that I do the same thing with music, I, I I manage artists the same way. You know, I use my, a lot of my artists know I use a lot of sports analogies when I'm trying to to develop them and show them things. So it's like I've, I've got this. I've, I that's what I felt. I felt like you do, you do it right, man, and you got rewarded for it. You got rewarded for doing it right and believing in sports right. And that's what I felt like. I felt like, you know, I'm, I ride with the Browns. That's, that's, that's the hardest ride in town, bro. 
You know what I'm saying? And, and and I brace it and I love it. Love my Browns. And and yeah, that was a that was a Cleveland that was a that was an Ohio boy who did that. You know what I'm saying? And um yeah, that's how I felt. I felt I felt like I felt justified. I felt justification. Vindication. Yeah, vindication. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, cuz you know it's been a hard road being the sports fan that I've been up until now. You know what I'm saying? Right. But I liked it. I like being the underdog. I like fighting. I think that's what makes that's what Cleveland fans are. We we like that fight. We 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 rather we almost rather have that fight. We like people to sleep on us. You know, challenge us. You know, we don't want the easy route. You know, and LeBron. I mean, like you said, coming back from three one in Oakland. That's so Cleveland. That's so Cleveland. It really is. You know what I'm saying? So. Yeah, man. In Oakland twice. Yeah. Yeah. And one of the best things. That's history. And history. Draymond was such a non State, Golden State had their history of 7-3. We had our history in the finals. Yeah. First team to ever do it in the finals. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, every time I think about it, I just get so happy. I don't care what happens now. Right. You know, I would love another Cavaliers championship. I would love for the Browns to just make it to the playoffs. Mm -hmm. You know, I would love for the Browns just to win the division. That'd be great for me if anything. It don't happen. I'm good. I'm so good. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. The only thing, man, I just wish my dad could see it. My dad yeah. would love this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Ohio State alumni, LeBron James fan, he would love to see this. He saw it. He just yeah, didn't he see it, it down here. Right, right. Wow. Ah. Uh, I, I I got nothing after that. That was awesome. That was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> like that was awesome. Thanks I, for having me on. Man. I know. This, was, this 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 was therapeutic. I I told you. <laughs> I've been waiting. I've been waiting for you. I'm sorry, I made you wait. No, wait was worth it. But I sure enough was. Wait was worth it. And the audio still recording. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Well, um, I'm I'm gonna do like the end of the show stuff now, okay. so you can just sit here and chime in if you want. Gotcha. So that was Eric Jordan. He's sitting here coming down from that mountain he just scaled for y'all. <laughs> <laughs> this has been Hyphenation number nineteen. Um, you can find Hyphenation on iTunes. Just search Hyphenation. Subscribe, link, share, rate it. That way, people will listen, and then you can join the nation and be a part of people like Eric. Talking about his team finally getting to the mountaintop where you can just listen to me sit in my car and talk about everyday stuff like my dog biting me. My dog bit me when they lost game two. Brooklyn. I know. Brooklyn. Brooklyn Louie knows that story. Louie was laughing about it. Um, you can also find hyphenation on behyphen.com, podcast.behyphen.com, and tricycleoffense.wordpress.com. Also on Stitcher. So if you got Stitcher, just like search hyphenation. There you are. Um, if you go to podcast.behyphen.com, look on the right-hand side, you'll see the hyphenation section. Go to RSS feed. It's under feed burner. You can put it into your favorite podcast listening device, and you got it. Hyphenation's on Google Play. I checked. <laughs> so it's in there. You can go on Google, um, go on the Google Play um, app and just search hyphenation. Listen to it right on your phone there. Also on TuneIn app now, so you can search Hyphenation there. Hyphenation's everywhere. 
YouTube.com slash B hyphen and Mixcloud.com slash B hyphen, which this guy, Monsterlung, shares all the Mixcloud links, and I greatly appreciate him. Let everybody know about the show. So if you want to find me, it's uh, B hyphen at gmail.com. If you want to email me in the show, if you're looking for Eric Jordan, contact me and I'll hook you up. <laughs> Shout out to um, I Love Morgantown, West Virginia.com, site that Eric runs, that I help him run. And Arthur King helps them run. That's our site. Great site for Morgantown stuff. Got some new stuff coming down down the pike after a meeting he was telling me about. Uh, follow me on Twitter, at hyphen and on Facebook at facebook.com slash resilient redundancies. So, I was right about the Cavs. That's the main point of this episode. Yeah. Eric Jordan, thank you so much, brother. Thank you for having me. I had fun. I knew I'd be able to wake you up. I know we'd be able to tap into it. Um, And that's it. So I don't think I have anything else to say. So uh, thanks, y'all.